welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. And welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and today we welcome our very special guest, Annette Comer, best-selling author, founder of the World's Greatest Women Academy, and recipient of the coveted Woman of the Year Award from the National Association of Professional Women, Annette helps driven women navigate what is still very much a man's world. She guides them to play big and claim success without losing themselves or their inner drive. I am delighted to have you here on the show today. Welcome, Annette. Thank you, Emeril. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, so good. Well, you know, I love your calling here, Annette. And so you have obviously been called to step into a leadership role. So today I feel like I want to talk with you about the process that you went through to discover that you had that calling and then to say yes to that calling and then to take action and bring that calling to life. All right. Well, that's a full topic, isn't it, girl? <laughs> Yes, I, I'm, I'm excited to share my journey with you. So tell me, how would you like for me to start with this audience? Well, I really feel like let's start with when you felt like you got called. Okay. Like let's give a little backstory about that because I think a lot of times people are, especially driven women, we have callings that pull us forward, right? Right. And sometimes the callings can create conflict, right? Absolutely. So I don't know whether that was your story. It was my story. So I'd love to hear a little bit about when you got called to step into this leadership role. Where were you at? What was happening for you? What did it feel like to be called? And how did you navigate that period? Okay. So let me give you uh, about a minute of backdrop so that you can see where how I got to that point of calling. My first 20 years of my career were in a corporate setting, working for Fortune 50 company and many different roles. And most of the time I was the only female leader sitting in the meetings. So very aware of, of those challenges that come with that. And during that time, instead of having children, I had businesses. So I started my first entrepreneur effort and I would do it in the evenings and the weekend. It was a storefront. And then as I moved through my career, I added a second storefront. Talking about driven, I wanted to see how many, you know, how do all these things work together? And it was keeping a marriage together at the same time. And then I hit a point in my career where some major things that were really out of whack happened in my career with the corporate scene. So I stepped out of that and started two more companies. And these were global companies. So now I had my storefronts and now I was also doing global consulting and speaking. And I wrote a bestseller book and, and did all these things. Along that journey, I realized that the people I was coaching, these high-end executives, and many of them were entrepreneurs. They had billion-dollar businesses that were, were privately held. That 80% of the guys 
that's who I was coaching was men and 20% were women. And the 20% women that I was coaching, I kept seeing them shooting themselves in the foot over and over. And then it got a little bit worse because as I started watching these women, they were struggling with the same things I struggled with 30 years ago. And I, I remember sitting on a beach in Hawaii thinking to myself, oh my gosh, we've made such a little progress. All these sacrifices women have made all these years. And we think we've done such great things and we're struggling with the same, I'm not good enough voice, uh, getting heard, getting respected, all these things that I struggled with in my 20s and 30s. So it put me on a path to say, okay, what is different? What is different that men do that women don't do so well? Why are they able to navigate it? Is it because we're a woman or is there something else? And so I spent a year researching that. Now, you've got to remember, my undergrad is mechanical engineering. So I, can, <laughs> so I can analyze the heck out of things and put systems together very quickly. And from that research, I found out there is some very distinct things that are holding women back. And it's not that we need to be empowered. And some of the, the taglines that you read now, in fact, they kind of make the hair stand up on the back of my neck because it sounds like we're asking for permission. And that's not it at all. It's uh, uh, men view business as a game. And when women start to look at it the same, they are able to play the game to win. And uh, so that started me on that path. And so that's how the World's Greatest Women Academy was born. I set about putting together a system, a five-step system that would teach women how to compete and make a mark in the world. How could, they, how could they come forward as leaders and be these smart, wicked women that you talk about? I ran the first academy, followed the women, found out that it was transformational, ran the second academy, and just have continued to move forward and watch these women just completely transform because they now understand themselves and they understand the world they're operating in as opposed to what society has been telling them. Beautiful. Well, some of the things that I know I've seen in my clients and myself and other wickedly smart women is that we often have struggles with power struggles. And, oh, nice. uh, yeah. And the strategies that are important to exercise when you're in those power struggles, I'm sure you have quite a number of those strategies. So I'd love to have you talk either about your own personal power struggles and strategies that you've used to step out of power struggles and into more partnership and collaborative types of dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. And or what you offer to your clients around this particular issue of power struggles. Because I've, I found for me, at least when I was in a man's world, I was in the real estate business for a number of years. And I could see it was a game, but I didn't like playing the game. So I often got into those power struggle situations that left me feeling deflated and defeated and drained, even though I might have made an accomplishment. Can you talk a little bit about that? I sure can. And I appreciate that perspective from your side. What I have found, Emerald, is that businesswomen and driven women, once they understand themselves better and they become more self-aware and self-aware of themselves, but also aware of the men that they're playing the game with and what, what makes them tick. You know, women are masters at winning. 
if they know the game they're playing. And so the part of the problem that I see in women that are, are driven and want to lead and want to achieve and want to contribute is that they think they're playing one game and it's not the game they're playing at all. So they're running into these mixed signals. They're feeling frustrated. And the end result is they get burned out, they get haggard, and they finally just say, I quit. And so they step back into a place that's comfortable for them, which is a place of service, of nurturing, of, you know, being a mother, whatever those roles are that they grew up seeing. And those are comfortable. They know how to play them. They're comfortable in them. They feel they're wired that way, you know, and so it becomes a safe haven for them. In reality, it's not a matter of wiring. It's a matter of understanding the game. So I'll give you an example of that. And I'll give you an example of, of something that once I understood it, everything changed for me. I'll give you a little story of how this happened. So roll back to my corporate days. And when I was in corporate, I had 40 some men working for me. I was managing a major production department. Okay. Only female production supervisor, manager in the whole corporation. Okay. And all the men were old enough to be my father. So this is when I was in my late 20s. At the same time, as I shared at the beginning, I had this urge that I was going to be an entrepreneur as well. I was curious about how you did. I wanted to make money on the side, blah, blah, blah. So I, I opened a storefront that had all women working for me. Okay. So now we got complete polar opposites. Okay. So remember that I had the background in engineering. Obviously, when I went to school, almost all guys, I was one of five women in a class of a hundred and some engineering graduating students. So, you know, I was definitely the minority. And the men I was managing, they would do anything for me. I could get them to do all kinds of things. I was setting production records, all this. Couldn't keep women in my other business. It was like a revolving door. And I thought, what the heck is wrong? Because I was um, fair. I was direct. I paid well, but it was like a revolving door. And I had a gentleman that was a friend and a colleague and he of the corporate company. And I was sharing this story one day at lunch. And he said, you need to contact this linguist and see if you can hire her to work with you. I thought, what do I need a linguist for? He said, learn how to talk. And I said, okay. So I did. I hired this linguist. I spent six months working with her. And it was like a light bulb came on. Because all of a sudden, I realized that men and women had completely different conversational styling. And I realized that if I could learn to flex my styling, I could reach a leadership position in both of those companies, in my private company, as well as the corporate company that I worked for. So this is what I did. So when I went to the men, what I learned is men communicate for information. Women communicate for connection. Okay. So when I realized that simple thing, and of course, obviously it wasn't just that. I mean, I had to do a lot of studying and working with her and so on and so forth. But how I changed is that when I went and worked with the men that worked with the 40 some men, I continued to be very direct, nothing fluffy. If I wanted something to do, I got right to the point and realized that when I was communicating with them, I was communicating for information. The women, I went in with the same list of to-dos. However, I spent the first five minutes talking to them about Johnny's baseball game they went to last night. And that great cake recipe they gave me that was absolutely delicious that I served over the weekend. I connected with them. 
and then went to what we needed to do in the business for it to continue to progress. What happened in my personal business where I had the revolving door, all of a sudden I had 14 years later, I had people that had been with me 14 years Mm. and I developed a loyalty that was unheard of. Yeah. And so that knowing how to do that, as I went back to my global clients and expanded that, I've never forgot that lesson. And as I propelled myself through my career, it's been, so in all my dealings, I always think, who am I dealing with? Mm. Why are they communicating? What are they communicating for? And then in the academy, obviously, I go very deep in that communication pillar, talking about, you know, what do we do that's, that's mistakes? How do we need to flex our style if we're trying to lead in the situation where men are a major component or women are the major component? Mm. And that you can't, you've got to be able to flex your style. You, you've not, you just experience frustration. Beautiful. Well, does that help? Yeah, that's beautiful. And we are already at the break. So uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about your pillars and ask you a few more questions about boundaries and money in particular. As somebody who's had lots of businesses and made a lot of money on the side, I think our wickedly smart women would like to hear from you about that as well. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. First of all, how's Johnny today? Hope he had a great day at school. I'm going to just apply the lesson right away. If you are enjoying today's show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out. And let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about this show so that we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are already an Apple Top 100 ranked podcast, and we are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Virginia, where Annette is from. And we'll be right back. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Annette Comer. She is the best-selling author and founder of the World's Greatest Women Academy. And I want to let you know where you can find out more about her and also receive her free gift from this show, and that is at AnnetteComer.com forward slash five, that's the number five, Pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S. We'll have that for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, we were talking about communication styles, and 
What I'd love to hear from you right now, Annette, is a little bit more about the five pillars of performance, which is what they are going to get when they get that free gift. You mentioned that communication is one of the aspects of your pillars of performance. So can you talk just a little bit, just briefly give us a little bit of a taste of what your other five pillars are that you help clients with? Uh, Absolutely. So the five pillars that they're going to get in their free gift, which is what I teach in one of my main courses, is the first thing we're going to focus on is uh, physiology in terms of how to take care of yourself and your body so that you're a strong leader. The next thing we're going to focus on is psychology in terms of how do we work on our mindset. And that all ties into all kinds of things, not only the conversations that happen in your head, but you know, how do you eat to make sure that you stay mentally sharp and, and all of those kind of things. And then we get into perceptivity, which is what communication falls under. And that's how the world is experiencing you and how people are perceiving you, which is um, we aren't really good at being self-aware of that sometimes. <laughs> and then the fourth pillar is purpose of truly finding how you put those first three together and make it so that it's something that you really enjoy doing in your life. And how do you find your purpose? We go through a whole series of, of exercises on how to do that. And then the last one is productivity. If you get those first four pillars right, your productivity soars. And you don't burn yourself out, but you actually move right along and you enjoy the benefits of a great health, you have great wealth, and you truly have personal fulfillment. Beautiful. I love those five pillars. So definitely, folks, look at AnnetteComer.com forward slash five pillars. Again, that information is in the show notes. So one of the things that I know about women leaders like yourself who are entrepreneurial, who are wickedly smart, you know, they definitely need to look at and pay attention to their relationship with money and the creation of money. So what I'd love to have you share with us now, Annette, is any insights or, you know, pearls of wisdom from the journey that you have experienced around money and particularly around creating something from nothing that then actually provides for you. So if you could talk a little bit about, you know, where your relationship is with money and how you might help other people who are your clients in their relationship with money so that money can be a bigger part of this larger whole in a healthy way. Absolutely. Well, you know, as we know, the the statistics show that if you are making a set amount of money that covers your basic needs, if you get significantly above that doesn't mean you're happier. It can mean you're healthier because you have more resources to take better care of yourself. It certainly means you can be more influential because you can impact people and so on and so forth. You know, for me, money has never been my driver. However, I will caveat that in that I'm very aware of where money fits in my life. And what I mean by that is at a very early age, I, this may sound kind of horrible, Emerald, but I'm going to share it with the audience. At a very early age, I recognized there were the haves and the have-nots. And I didn't like what I saw on the have-not side. I didn't like the restrictions. I didn't like not having the flexibility that came with having wealth and so on and so forth. So I made a very early decision that I would do what I needed to do without selling myself or burning myself out to have a good income so that I could have independence and freedom. I didn't need to be rich 
but I needed to be rich in my eyes and that I had enough. Okay. And I, I balance money. It's that pillar thing. Okay. We just talked about the five pillars and where money fits in into the pillars that I rule my life by is my relationships, my relationship with my family and my husband. Uh, because if you remember it's driven, we can drive real hard on one lane and be completely oblivious to the other lanes. And your first name, we wake up and we're divorced. Or the first thing we wake up and the business is a mess or the kids are a mess or, you know, pick something. So I've always been very aware of that I have parallel lanes and I don't take my eye off of one so long that I lose the focus on that. So I have a marriage that's been 30, I'm coming up on 34 years in my Ooh, marriage. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. You know, so financially, I, I'm very secure and I'm very thankful for that. And then, and then I have another pillar over here in my spiritual life that I make sure that I make time in my schedule to keep myself very grounded in my integrity and my values and my morals and, and these kind of things. And so when I put all those together, money complements that. It doesn't dominate that. Now, I will give something uh, as a clue to your audience that I just talked about recently. And one of the things that people get themselves wound out on money is they get into a place of fear. Okay. And what causes fear is either too much future thinking or too much past thinking. Okay. If they can learn to keep themselves in the present and spend about 80% of their time in the present and 20% of their time thinking about the past and the future where they want to go, then they will have the energy and the creativity to figure out how to make money. But when they flip that, which most people do. Most people are 20% in the present and they're 80% worrying about the future. How in the heck am I going to pay that bill or how am I going to do this or my business is going to fail? And they project all these things out there. And the only thing they really have control over is right now. And that's been a real secret for me, Emerald, is that I don't let myself, I catch myself real quick if I start to venture out into that fear. And then I can't come up with the creative ideas to solve the problems in my business or solve the financial concerns. Yeah. I want to actually distill a distinction there mm -hmm. because we are talking to women who some of whom may be entrepreneurial or thinking about becoming entrepreneurial. Right. I think what I'm hearing, and I just want to affirm that I'm hearing it correctly, is there is a place for putting out a plan for your future. Oh, absolutely. Right? There is a place for that. However, in the day-to-day actions that you're taking and in the moment by moment choices that you're making, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, make the plan and start working towards the plan, but don't pin yourself out into the future in such a way that it creates tension and aggravation and stress and closes down your creative capacity. Did I correct. hear that correctly? That's correct. Because right. if you create the plan, which we all should do, and you know where you want to go, because you can't go if you don't know where you're going, okay? So you know where you want to go, but what most people do, they stay there. They fret about how they're going to get there. And so they're, they're actually thinking in the future where if they say, this is where I want to go now, what can I do today? to get to that. And then when I finish that today and then tomorrow comes, when I wake up tomorrow, I say, okay, what can I do today? Which is now the next day. What can I do this day to make a small step toward this place that I want to be? And the funny thing about that, if you're able to do that, you wake up each day intuitively knowing what the next step is you have to do. 
it's a beautiful thing when you come to trust it. Totally. I hear and, it, that. and it takes away your fear because if you don't feel that, then you wake up and you think, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get out there? And you get into this, you know, your shoulders get tight, you get, your stomach gets messed up, you get crabby, you know, um, you know, we all know, we've all seen it in ourselves. It's yeah. a pitiful sight. And but, you become bitchy with your team members. No, I, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and we know if you're running a company, whether you're working for somebody else or yourself, that energy just permeates through your staff. And they pick up on it so quick, and you wonder why they're behaving so poorly. Well, it's coming right from you. You've set the energy out. Exactly. I love that. Well, we are already at the end of the show. How could that be? So fast. Oh my gosh, Emerald. Fast. It's amazing. (laughs) And I am just so grateful. Uh, Listeners, definitely check out Annette and her five pillars at AnnetteComer.com forward slash five pillars. Again, we'll have that in the show notes. I'm so grateful that you were able to come and be with us today. Annette, thank you so much. Listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our new listener line at 540-402-0043, extension 4343, or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.